This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org. You took your place. You deserve to be on the cross. But he says, you don't have to go. I'll go for you. Isn't that wonderful? As I continue to meditate on what Jesus did, I'm just humbled to think that a man, that God will take the form of a man, come down, suffer, be ridiculed, be tortured, be tormented, went through so much just so that I can live. It's amazing. And what will sing that song? As we're singing, crucified. You, I don't know what went through your mind, but I can imagine what it was like when the whole of heaven was standing and watching that moment. Do you understand? It was a moment. It was a very significant moment. Since creation, there was never a moment like that that God would come down, take the form of a man, huh? suffer, be tortured, and the angels are watching. They know this is our master. But they are not allowed to defend him. They are not allowed to fight for him. They are not allowed to protect him. And they are just watching. What is the father doing? What is the meaning of this? How could he go through so much humiliation? Are you getting me? He would be beaten he was beaten. They, 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 they plucked off his beard from his face. And they are just watching. They can't touch him. They can't fight for him. All because of the price that had to be paid for our sin. Amen. It's incredible. When you look at what he went through. And if you study historically how they did it, there is nothing that has been done to accurately capture the picture of what he went through. The closest was Mel Gibson's depiction in The Passion of the Christ. But even that does not tell the full story. Because if he did, it would be classified a horror movie. Do you understand? Yeah, it would be classified a horror movie. So, some things had to be kept from being shown. And I want you to know that all of this is for you. All of this is for you. And it's also to show us the wickedness of sin. 
the wickedness of sin. That's what did that to Jesus. So you must never undermine the effect of sin. Never take for granted the fact that you can just say to God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then it's over. It's not, it's not done. It's not done. But Jesus went through all of that for you. We know that even today in our, uh, in, in our criminal system, legal system, if a criminal is caught, he doesn't just say, I'm sorry, and then he's acquitted. You're sorry, that's fine, you're sorry, but you still have to go to jail if need be. You still have to be tried. You still have to be sentenced. Huh? We all know what happened to Oscar Pistorius. He, with tears, he's, I'm sorry. But where is he now? Behind bars. He's truly sorry. I repent. He's repentant, yes, but he's there. But you today just say, I'm sorry, and you are free. And you think it's ordinary. No, it's not. It's not. Why? Because he has taken the sentence for you. He has taken the sentence. That's why you can just say, I'm sorry, and you walk free. He took the sentence. And that's why you need to love Jesus more than anybody on earth. Anybody that does not love Jesus and you call yourself a child of God, you are a hypocrite. Nobody. Who else did that for you? Nobody. Who is ready to do that for you? <laughs> You can search through all eternity. You won't find any. You won't find any. But he did it for you. Isn't that wonderful? Why don't you lift up your hand? Just appreciate him. Just appreciate him for a moment. Lord, we just appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. The sacrifice. Oh, my Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saying yes to the will of the Father. For taking my place. Taking the sentence that was meant for me. So that I can walk freely. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, we're going to continue with our teaching on the overcomers complex. But I want to zero in on what I call ultimate victory by the blood. Okay? It's the overcomers complex, but you need to understand the role that the blood plays in making you an ultimate overcomer. Giving you ultimate victory. There is nothing you cannot defeat. There is nothing you cannot defeat because of the blood. Amen. Because of the blood, I'm telling you, 
Satan has no power over you. He has no power over you. There is no demon in hell that can overcome you. If you will apply the blood in your life. If you will walk in the consciousness of the blood. If you will walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you. And the blood of Jesus is going to keep you in a place where the enemy cannot access. Are you getting me? So it is great what Jesus has done. And the ultimate victory for all eternity was achieved by the blood. Isn't that wonderful? Let's go to Revelation. Let's start from there. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And let's read from verse 7. Revelation 12, 7. It says, And war broke out in heaven. (laughs) War in heaven. The first place that war appears is in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Right? And you know who the dragon is. But they did not prevail nor was their place found for them in heaven any longer. Okay? So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceived the world, the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Hallelujah. He has been what? Cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. This passage is loaded. Amen. Hmm? Loaded, loaded, loaded. There was war in heaven. Remember the story. The Bible makes it clear to us that there was a time Lucifer, God made Lucifer, he was beautiful. Beautiful, anointed, the anointed cherub. He is the one that was allowed to to cover the worship and everything. He was in charge of the worship of God in heaven. And he was seeing how God was being worshipped by every other person. By the angels. by The whole of heaven was worshipping him. In fact, the whole of creation 
Because it is said that even, even the plants worship God. Even the birds worship God. Yes, the birds worship God. Oh, yes. And that's why you need to worship God or else if you don't worship God, stones will worship in your place. Yeah, the rock will cry out. They will worship God. You need to worship God. So he was seeing all of this being given to God. He's looking. First of all, there was no creature that was as beautiful as him. He was looking and it's like, I deserve this. I can do better. I can make a better God than this one. And he decides to take over from God. Can you imagine? The person that created you, gave you the brains, gave you the beauty, gave you the anointing. Huh? Everything you have, he gave to you. And you feel that you've become so strong. That you can take him out. How is that going to happen? And that's the power of deception. When pride comes into your heart, it blinds you to realities. To the, the accurate understanding and the right interpretation of things. So he looks... And by pride, he feels, I can make a better God. And not only that, I am going to plan a coup. Yes? I'm going to plan a coup. And I'm going to get God off the throne. And he convinced a third of his angels. Now, there are different archangels. Michael had his own troop. Alright? His own angels. They are the warrior angels. Michael has the warrior angels. And then, Gabriel has his own as well. Gabriel has the angels of information. They are the communicators. They are the messengers. Come on. Yes. There are different kinds of angels... But then Lucifer had his own, and they were worshippers. Do you understand? They were worshippers. So they are the ones in charge of worship. They are the ones that make sure that God receives everything. So Lucifer, obviously there's no way he can convince Michael's troop to join him. But he knows the power of worship. And he wants it for himself. So he talks to his own troop, his own group of angels, and he convinces a third of them to join him. Don't worry. When I become God, I'm going to make you deputy God. <laughs> you, I will give you this position. You, I will give you this you will have that. And he was, I mean, he had it all figured out. And he convinced them. 
He convinced them. He convinced them and they decided to join forces with him. To depose God. Can you imagine? And so there was war in heaven. Michael. I am told that Michael, I mean, I've heard of people that have seen Michael and they say Michael is fierce. He is hectic. Yeah, he's hectic. He's the one that defends Israel. The reason why Israel cannot be defeated today is because Michael is their personal angel. Yeah, I'm serious. It's in the Bible. Yeah. So Michael is the one. That's why you can fire all whatever. He... All he needs to do is to say, uh, you, 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 you. Position and that's it. Go and read. Go and read. Study both biblically, historically. You can't defeat them. You can't. You have to defeat Michael before you defeat them. And where will you start? Where will you start? So it doesn't matter what political your political persuasion is. The truth of the matter is you can't defeat them. Period. The whole world going against them is not enough. Just 8 million people. What, have you wondered, how can 8 million people be so powerful? Even they don't understand why they are as powerful as they are. Yeah. But that is because of the angelic forces. Amen. The God of Israel Amen. stands and says, you might not be perfect. You might have messed up. But I'm still standing by the covenant Amen. that I made with my friend, Amen. Abraham. Amen. So for your information, Israel cannot be destroyed. Amen. Okay? Yeah. Let that be settled. Amen. Best thing is to be at peace with them. Yeah. That's the best. So... There was war, and Michael and his angels fought. And they threw Satan out. Before he knew it, he was out. Thrown out of heaven with all his angels. All those that connived with him were thrown out. Those are the ones that are causing havoc on earth. Because there's no place for them in heaven. And you better not allow them in your home. Yeah. Don't allow them in your life. Amen. Do you understand? But what happened is that now that God has taken you from the dust, anointed you, and given you a position in heaven that Lucifer cannot have anymore. He's jealous of you. He's jealous of you. He cannot have what you have. He blew it. But what does he do right now? By reason of Adam's um, authority, remember he deceived Adam, right? He got Adam to, um, to hand over to him. 
he was able to trick Eve and convince Adam to surrender to him. So he took Adam's crown. He took Adam's um, right of access to heaven. So because of that, right now he can still go back into heaven using Adam's gate pass. And that's why in the book of Job, he could go in there while the sons of God were presenting themselves. He could go in as a son as well. And God says, have you seen my servant Job? I, before I used to wonder, well, why? How come Satan can go right before God? But it's that access that he uses to accuse you before God today. So he goes in there. He knows things about you. He knows things about you. He knows your life. He knows things that you don't even know about yourself. You don't even know all your iniquities. But he knows them. So he goes before God and he presents this before God. And he says to God, you cannot do this for this person. You cannot bless this person. You cannot defend this person. You've been defending them for so long. And now I have brought reason for you not to do that. Allow me to do what I want to do in his life or in her life. That's what he does. And that's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. He goes before God not to worship God. No, he goes to God because of you. He goes to God because of you so that he can have something to use against you. And once he sees that, he takes it. Right? And that's why if you read the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, you see a, a powerful example there. Zechariah chapter 3, reading from verse 1. <clears throat> Let's read it. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. So the priest is standing before the angel of the Lord. Right? And Satan standing at his right hand. To do what? To oppose him. Satan is standing there. The right hand is a position of strength. He is standing there. To oppose him. Huh? Can you imagine that? Let's read on. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. You see, Jerusalem is chosen. Huh? Is this not a brand plucked from fire? Amen. Who is he talking about? Joshua, the high priest. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Can you see? He is wearing garments. He's dressed gorgeously in the, in, in the physical. It looks good. But in the spirit, filth. Filth. Hello? Filth. And was standing before the angel. Right? Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. Amen. 
Right? And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. The filth was his iniquity. The filth was his iniquity. What is iniquity? Iniquity is different from sin. Iniquity is different from sin. Iniquity is that which can be passed from one generation to the other. Iniquity, the word, the Hebrew word for iniquity means, it has different meanings. But the root word has to do, it means crooked. Hallelujah. Crooked. Huh? So that thing that makes you crooked. You don't know why you do what you do. Huh? Have you, see, have you seen a snake move? You see the way a snake moves? How does it move? Yeah. So iniquity has the nature of a snake. It has, it, that's the character of the snake. It's never straight. And see, many people are never straight. They are never straight. When they say good morning, you have to check your watch. Is it really morning? Because it might be evening. Yeah. They are not straight. And there is something, there is something in your flesh. That's why David says, in iniquity, huh? I was shaped. Do you understand? In your mother's womb, Iniquity is transferred from the womb. It's imported from the womb. And that is what makes people the way they are. And sometimes you say, you say to yourself, I'm not going to be like this. I'm not going to be like this. And you find yourself doing exactly the same thing. My father was like this. I am not going to be like my father. You're just talking. It's not by willpower. And that's why by the overcomer's complex, the blood gives you ultimate victory over iniquities. Over iniquities. Because if your iniquity is not dealt with, Satan will have what to use to accuse you. You are what? Sometimes, do you know that sometimes you think... That it is just, oh, well, uh, I did this bad thing today and all. There, there might be something deeper that led to that. Do you understand? You might be dealing with the symptom. But iniquity is the root. Iniquity is the root. And so the blood of Jesus was made available to deal with the root. To deal with the root. So that when Satan goes before the Father and stands to accuse you, whatever he presents, the blood is there. Isn't that wonderful? Hey! Yeah! See, I have removed your iniquity from you. Turn to someone, say, He has removed your iniquity. 
Amen. He has removed it. He has removed it. You look at it and say, I have a temper problem, but it is an iniquity. There is a root, an iniquitous root to that anger problem. Oh, pastor, I don't know what to do. I have a problem with lust. It, is an ini- it has an iniquitous root. Amen. Oh, pastor, I don't know why I keep swearing all the time. I open my mouth. If I'm not in church, I'm swearing. It's an iniquity. Hey! Yeah. Oh, you don't know? There is an iniquity of the tongue. Yeah. You speak in tongues and you curse. How do you combine the two? Without iniquity, it's not possible. lie without thinking. You just talk and before you know you you fabricated something. You know, people are like, but can't you see that the other time you said this, now you are saying this and it is contradicting what you can't see. There is a root. There is a root. You get what I'm saying? So, your iniquity has been removed. He says, I will clothe you with rich robes. Look at the next verse. Look at what he says. He says, and then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. That's a crown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a time for crowning. Amen? Amen. That's coronation putting a, a, a turban on his head. So they put a clean turban, not a dirty one, a clean one. He lost his through iniquity, but now God is restoring. He's putting it back on his head. And they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. You see, if you notice there, the word angel, it starts with a capital letter. And in, theo- in theology, that's why it's called theophany. It's the pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ. That's the Lord himself. That's the Lord himself. Hallelujah. And then, and then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house. Amen. And likewise, Amen. have charge of my courts. Yeah. I will give you places to walk among those, these who stand here. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen! So although Satan was there standing to accuse, and he had a reason. It's not an unfounded accusation. Many people think that when Satan accuses you before God, he's just going to make noise. No. He is very legalistic. 
He knows the law. And he knows his rights. Do you understand what I'm saying? He knows his rights. So when he goes before God to accuse you, he packages his case very well. He presents his case in such a way that God will say, I see your point. By the time he presents it, God will be unjust to ignore him. Because he knows his right. So he will present it. But God made a way. And that's why Jesus had to go through what he went through. Many people, many people today say, oh, well, you Christians, you've been so narrow-minded. How can you say Jesus is the only way? Oh, what about this? What about this? Are you saying that these people will, will go to hell? You don't understand. You don't understand the universal court of justice. Hmm? It's not about how good you are. It's not, it's not your goodness. What is going to give you access? What is it that can silence Satan? Because the person can be good, but if he has a root of iniquity, he's evil. So if his good actions are backed by iniquity, how can he get through? In sin did my mother conceive me. In iniquity I was shaped. That's what David said. So every human being has iniquity. You see? So it's not, don't be superficial about it. It goes far beyond what you think. It goes far beyond. And that's why you need to appreciate Jesus. And you need to appreciate the blood. And you need not to take it for granted. Because this is what gives you access. You can stand before the Father today and talk to Him face to face. Even in the time of Moses, say no one can see God and live. Today, people see God and they're still alive. Why do you think? It's the blood. It's the blood. Without the blood, it's not possible. Hallelujah. Back to Revelation chapter 12. So the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. The accuser of the brethren have been cast down. Why? He uses iniquity to accuse you before God. But now, by the blood, he's been, he's been sent out. His case has been thrown away. Haven't you heard of cases? They take them to court. This person takes this matter and they present it to a judge and they throw it out. Why would they throw it out? It's not properly presented. Yeah, you need to, you need to package it properly. So the case against you has been thrown out. Come on. By the blood. It's been thrown out. Now, nobody is saying you are not guilty. You did something. Yes? In John, okay, let's go to 1 John chapter 1. We'll, we'll come back here. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1.
from verse 5. He says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Come on. There's no darkness in God, right? He is light. And then he says, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Okay? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all what? Sin. Can you see? This is powerful. Now, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Right? And the blood of Jesus, His Son cleanses us from all sin. So, in other words, when you walk in the light, if we have fellowship, what is fellowship? Somebody once said it's two fellows in the same sheep. (laughs) It's more than that. Now, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. Okay? There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. For example, my wife and I have a relationship. And what is that relationship? It's marriage. It's a marital relationship. Okay? No matter what, we are married. Correct? And sometimes something might happen. Okay? And we are not seeing eye to eye. Correct? Has that affected our relationship? Come on. All right. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Does that, does that mean that the relationship is broken? Not at all. It's still there. And for those of you who think, how can you, pastor? Wait till you are married. <laughs> Wait till you are married. Then you understand what I'm talking about. Okay? Yeah. So there will be moments like that. But when that happens, right? Fellowship is broken. Yeah. Fellowship is broken because don't talk to me, don't talk to me. That's the fellowship. Relationship is still intact. Fellowship has been broken. Do you understand? Fellowship has been broken, but relationship is still intact. So many people model the two, but there is a difference. There is a difference. So, now when you read this with that understanding, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Yes? We have what? 
fellowship with one another. And because there is fellowship, what happens? The blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. Are you getting it? So the blood does not just, it doesn't just work randomly. There are certain conditions that are required for the blood to be effective. For the blood to be effective, there are certain conditions required. You need to walk in the light. And what is light? Transparent. Come on. Yeah, when the light shines. Come, haven't, you, haven't you noticed? You go to, to you, you, you walk into your room. When you switch on the light, everything is now clear. Everything is, you can see everything. When you are walking with him, your relationship must be such that, because if you are in fellowship, if you are really going to be in fellowship, everything must be open. That's fellowship. So fellowship is superior to relationship. Relationship is the foundation for fellowship. Yeah. So if there is no relationship, you can't have fellowship. That's why the Bible says, what fellowship has light with darkness? They don't have any relationship, so they cannot fellowship. Yeah. The word for fellowship is koinonia, which means joint participation. It means sharing. Hallelujah. So when there is fellowship, I can, when, the, when the fellowship is on, I can confidently share my heart. And I can receive. There is fellowship. All right? There is joint participation. There is sharing together. No, many of us, we think fellowship is just when we get together to eat. Come on. Eh, swallowship, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so far as we're together, we're eating, we're brying, we're drinking, we're in fellowship. At best, it's swallowship. But real fellowship, there is something that is shared. Yes. So something from your heart gets into my heart. Something from your heart gets into my heart. Come on. Something is imparted from me to you. Something is imparted from you to me. That is fellowship. So there is a condition that is required for us to constantly be in fellowship. Are you getting the point now? So when he says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship. So it's not because you came to church. You can come to church and not be in fellowship. You need to be in fellowship with him. You need to be in fellowship. So it is when you are operating in this level that your iniquity is being dealt with by the blood. 
Because there are roots you are not even aware of. Hello? That Satan can take before God. But because you are in fellowship, you are in the light. The blood is just busy walking in the background. Hallelujah! And so Satan comes and throws his case out. The blood is speaking. The blood is speaking over your life. Speaking over your past. It's speaking over your future. Satan wants to own your future. In case you don't know. He goes before God to try to present his case so that he can own your future. Because of your past. That's why we need to appreciate the blood. Yeah, the ultimate victory is by the blood. I'm telling you, it's by the blood. Who? By the blood of Jesus. How many, people, how many people love Jesus now? More. Even more. Hallelujah. Yes. Hey, I love Jesus. So, he says, okay, verse, let's read the next verse. All right, verse 8, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Can you see? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. How sometimes you can think, I'm okay. I am sorted. I have no sin. That's deception number one. And that's what happens to religious people because they feel that they're okay. Every other person is wrong. That's deception. So, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Can you see? The truth. When you say, I don't have any sin, you are a liar. A capital liar. A big liar. A champion liar. An award-winning liar. A medal-wearing liar. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You know why you can say you have no sin? Because you are not in fellowship. Because if you are in fellowship, the light shines, you will see. Do you understand? You will see. When the light shines, if the light is truly shining, you will see that you are not as good as you think you are. And that's why Jesus said, hey, be careful. You know, when you look at your brother and you say, hey, you, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a speck in your eye. You say, hypocrite. You are carrying a log. Yours is not a speck, it's a log. A bigger fault. A bigger sin. But you can't see it because of darkness. Right? Verse 9. Look at verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, come on. Oh, hallelujah. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what happens when we confess. So when you are in fellowship, you now see your fault. Then you say, Lord, I'm sorry. 
I was speaking to a pastor friend a few days ago. He, call, he called me and he was really, really, really uh, disturbed. Because a mega pastor made a statement on TV. I don't want to call his name because you all know him. He says, this guy makes a statement. And he says, you don't, you, you don't need to go and keep confessing sin and all of that. He said, many people, many people are preaching that Christians go to hell because of unforgiveness. He says, there's no such thing. Jesus, the blood of Jesus has covered you already. How can you go to hell with the blood of Jesus? Oh. Hey. And this guy is saying, but this guy, I've always believed this guy. This guy says, is a sound teacher of the word of God. How can he get into things like this? Now many people will believe him. And I say, of course. That's the whole point. The whole point. And I remembered years ago when a pastor um, from Nigeria came back from the dead after dying for three days. Huh? Pastor Dan Eke. He died and uh, his wife went to the morgue and took his corpse to Reinhard Bonke's meeting in a city in Nigeria, in the eastern part of Nigeria. And in that meeting, he, the husband came back to life. He came back. And guess what? The man told the story. He said, God told him to go back and tell his story. Huh? God said to him, the prayer of Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man's prayer, in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, God said to him, the prayer of the rich man has been answered in your generation. Amen. So go back and tell them. Amen. The angel that was taking him around says, you are fortunate that God asked you to come back because you would have gone to hell. Wow. Yeah. You would have gone to hell as a pastor. Why? Because you had a misunderstanding with your wife. Your wife pleaded with you to forgive her. You refused. You locked the door on her and then from there you traveled and you had this accident and died. You would have gone to hell. I said, but go back. God is giving you the opportunity to go back, tell people. And you know what? This mega pastor hosted this pastor in his church. I saw it on TV. And this man was telling his story. Now, he has become too wise. He has received new revelation. He is now debunking all the things. Devil is preparing people for hell. Deceiving many people. So that they can, they can miss heaven. Listen. Don't have any fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Rather expose them. So, don't come and tell me Jesus has forgiven your past, your present, and your future sins. So because of that, you don't need to repent. What? Where is that from? It's from hell. The accuser wants to have what he can use to accuse you. But if you are walking in fellowship and you are, you know, continue to repent, he has nothing to use. So he has to come up with a teaching that will keep people 
in their sins. So that when he goes before God, he can have what to use to convince God to allow him to fight them. It's clear, isn't it? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He wants to forgive you. He's looking for avenues to forgive and to bless you. But the blood of Jesus needs to be applied. First of all, you need to have faith in the blood. You need to have faith in the blood. And then you need to apply the blood. Apply the blood on your soul. Apply the blood on your mind. Apply the blood on your life. Apply the blood on your children. Apply the blood on your car. Apply the blood on your house. Apply the blood. The blood of Jesus is eternal. It can never run out. Yes. There's power in the blood. They overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. It's by the blood we overcome Him. Even when He goes to accuse us, we can overcome Him. We might not be there physically, but the blood is there overcoming Him for us. Speaking. Speaking. Yeah. I remember years ago, I put this story in my book, Supernatural Immunity. Years ago, the first time... I, I, the first time I understood the power of the blood and the power of, of, um, of uh, the speakings of the blood, a friend of mine, he was backslidden. Hmm? Today, God is using him powerfully as an evangelist. Raising the dead, healing the sick and all of that. <laughs> but I remember the days he was backslidden. And I would preach to him. The guy would not listen. Do you know what? I began to pray. I said, God, do something. Get his attention. Let him get into trouble. Do something. Get his attention. Because I know what God has said about this guy. Hmm? He's been here. Evangelist Junior. Yeah. He's the one. <laughs> so, he God. I mean... He went away from the faith completely. And we were, we were sharing the same flat those days in London. I just got tired. I will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And he won't listen. So I started praying, God, maybe you should do something. <laughs> and one day we were together. I think my wife was there. We were in courtship at that time and my other flatmate was there and then somebody comes and says oh your friend has been arrested he's actually at the airport and they're about to deport him this 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 I said praise God <laughs> the moment they said that I said praise the Lord yeah now he's going to he's going to <laughs> Yeah. So my friend John rebuked me. He said, Eric, how can, you, how can you talk like that? He said, we should pray for him. No, not what you are saying. So I got, I got convicted. And I said, okay, fine. Let's pray for him. So because the friend that came, they had booked his flight 
And the friend came to just collect a, a suitcase because they were going to deport him. Right? It's, it's, it's agreed. Final. So we just held hands, the three of us, and prayed. And I made something, and, and I uttered something that I've never heard anyone say before. I said, Father, he might be guilty. And I believe he is. Yeah, I believe he is. All right? And I said, Father, but we ask for the blood of Jesus. I said, the blood of Jesus. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Then I said, Lord, let the blood of Jesus speak on his behalf. Although he's guilty, let the blood speak. Let the blood acquit him. Let the blood vindicate him. And that was how we prayed. And after that, do you know, to be honest, I didn't even have faith in that prayer. Because deep down, I wanted him. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. So, after that, oh, praise God, I went, you know. And this, this is friend came to took some clothes, took some stuff, and then went to the airport. About, I think maybe two hours, was it two? about two hours or a bit around that, this guy comes in through the door. <laughs> we were confused. I said, what happened? <laughs> he says, ah, man, this immigration officer just walked up to him. And just said, go home. Wow. I said, what? He opened, uh, opened the cell and said, go home, go, go. And he said he thought it was a trick. So, as he was going, he was looking back. <laughs> he said, go, go, go. And that's how wow. he was let off the hook. Wow. Say, there's power in the blood. The blood is speaking. So the blood spoke on his behalf. Right there in the spirit. The blood spoke on his behalf. And he was acquitted. Can you imagine? You better thank God for the blood. You better thank God for the blood. The blood is speaking over your life. That is why Satan cannot accuse you before God. But you must be in fellowship. You must be in fellowship for the blood to be effective. So don't come and pray. Don't, go, don't believe those people that say, just keep living anyhow. You're not in fellowship. The blood will just be working. It's a lie. It's a lie. They're mixing fellowship with relationship. There are many of God's children in hell. Yeah. Once saved, always saved is a doctrine of hell. Okay? I know some people, some of your theologians, your favorite theologians teach that. It's okay. Just understand that it's from hell. If you want to believe hell's message, hell's teaching, go ahead. But if you find yourself there, don't say, I didn't warn you. Yeah. Once saved, always saved is not godly. 
The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do you, do you know what that means? That means what God has done in your heart, you need to work it out. You need to work it out. Huh? Once saved, always saved. That's one of Satan's best doctrines. Amen. Amen. So are you, are you happy for the blood? Amen. Ultimate victory by the blood. Do you know principalities and powers were defeated by the blood? The Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers. Colossians 2.15. Yeah, Colossians 2.15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, yes. triumphing over them in it. Yes. Having what? Disarmed principalities and powers. Yes. The, the King James, the old King James says, spoiled. He spoiled them. God is a spoiler. He spoiled Satan's works. Hey, hallelujah. He spoiled them. Whatever they are doing in your life, by the blood, they'll be spoiled. Amen. Come on. Amen. Yes. I love the blood. I love the blood of Jesus. Listen, I might not be perfect, but I have perfect blood. Speaking on my behalf. You understand? Yeah. I would remain in fellowship. Amen. Whatever you can do, don't break fellowship with God. Amen. Don't ever break fellowship with God. Amen. Because many people break fellowship with Him and the enemy takes them out before they even come back. Hmm? Sometimes they say, oh, just come on, just do it. Just, you know, just walk away, drift away a bit. You know, it's a, just a little. While they are there, something happens. You know, I've read stories of people that are in hell, some Christians that found themselves in hell. And one of the things that they would say is, but you know, I thought I could just do this and then go back. Huh? So by the time they were there, he took them out. No time to go back. For eternity, they are there. So remain in fellowship. Touch your neighbor, say, whatever you do, don't break, fellowship Don't break fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Don't break fellowship. Don't ever, don't ever. If you want ultimate victory, hallelujah. The overcomer's complex will not work without the blood. It needs the blood. The blood guarantees your ultimate perfect and continuous victory. It's a guarantee by the blood. Jesus has sealed it by his blood. Amen. Your victory has been sealed by the blood. Amen. So I don't care what you're going through. You are already an overcomer. Amen. You will rise above it. Amen. Do you understand me? You will rise above it. Amen. You, you just need to say the blood of Jesus. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Amen. By the blood of Jesus, we have victory. The blood is speaking better things concerning you. Concerning your family, the blood is speaking, is speaking, is speaking victory, victory. The blood is not speaking defeat, it's speaking victory. The blood is not speaking condemnation, it's speaking, oh, justify, just as if you have never sinned. 
The blood is speaking over your life. Come on, let's stand up. Hey, hallelujah. We thank you, Father. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.